And you can see, indeed, you can trace right from Abel right to Christ, Satan's continual attacks to destroy the seed that would be the seed of the woman, the Christ, lest he be born, lest he rise, lest he come to do the work that God said that he would crush the head of the serpent. So let us be under no uh, misunderstanding tonight on the reality of the devil. He's a real enemy. He's a real active force, and he is busy attacking the people of God and the cause of the Lord Jesus. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. And today again, we're turning to 1 Peter chapter 5. We're dealing with Satan, the enemy of the Christian, the enemy of the whole church, the enemy of the Son of God. And yet, he is just a pipsqueak in comparison to the Lord of glory. Yet Peter said that we are to beware because he is going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We also have a hymn today, How Great Thou Art, and we're referring to Christ here. He's the great one. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah, and we're lifting up our eyes to worship him. Firstly, we're turning to the Psalm 22. Did you know that this is Easter month, and just uh, three weeks away uh, is Easter season for us? And here in the Psalm 22, we have very specific terminology on the death of Jesus on the cross, written by the psalmist David a thousand years before Calvary. And yet listen to the precision of the words. In verse 14, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Here are the messianic words of the Lord Jesus spoken or prophesied by David relating to Jesus' death on the cross. Can you understand that? This is the mystery and the miracle of the Bible as God's word, that Jesus was kneeled, they pierced his hands and his feet, they parted his garments, can that be just coincidence? Never. This is the deliberate statement of the God of heaven moving David to write words that he, 1,000 years before, could not fully comprehend himself. And yet they are written, recorded here in the Bible for us. This is the wonder and the mystery of Christianity. This Bible is a living book because it's inspired and it's infallible, 
and it's accurate, and it will be fulfilled in every detail. Now we're turning to the message today, to 1 Peter 5, verse 8, and I hope you'll join us right through the program. It has often been said that Adolf Hitler was devil-inspired. He is an outstanding example of one who was raised up by the wicked one to do untold harm, to commit untold crimes, to act in awful cruelty. If you ever listen to some of Adolf Hitler's speeches, he could hold large audiences spellbound. That very term tells you the power of darkness at work. And again, Satan attacking and controlling men's minds. Now, let's not just single out Adolf Hitler. What about Herod when our Lord Jesus was just an infant and he got the news that a king was born and they couldn't find him and he just had a whole program of infanticide, destroy all the infants. What about Pharaoh in his awful cruelty against Israel? And you can see, indeed, you can trace right from Abel right to Christ, Satan's continual attacks to destroy the seed. That would be the seed of the woman, the Christ lest he be born, lest he rise, lest he come to do the work that God said that he would crush the head of the serpent. So let us be under no uh, misunderstanding tonight on the reality of the devil. He's a real enemy. He's a real active force, and he is busy attacking the people of God, and the cause of the Lord Jesus. Now, we also need to watch, as we go back here to 1 Peter chapter 5, we need to be on our guard because of the nature of the devil. He is described here as a lion, your adversary, the devil. Now, the word adversary is really a courtroom term, and it refers to the opponent accusing you, the one that's trying to bring you down, the one that's trying to get you into trouble. And this is the adversary that Peter is referring to here. Now, he is no meek, mild adversary. He is no teddy bear. Let's get away with any notions that this devil is a plaything. As a lion, he is a usurper. He seeks to dominate. You may have heard of the roar of the lion. I have sometimes been under the notion that the roar of the lion was to terrify uh, the victim that he would be preying upon. I have since discovered that the roar of the lion is not just to put the prey into some form of fear, but it is territorial, to ward off other lions not in this particular pack or pride. And the sounds of lions in an African jungle at night, and this is when the lion is much alive and alert, 
and when they're hunting, and the growls and the roars of the lion is to let others know that he is king of this territory. Now, that fits right into the evil schemes and works of the devil himself. He is territorial. He says he is the God of this world. He, of his own will, will not surrender that this world is Christ's, that he is creator, he is Lord, and always going about seeking to destroy. Now, he's a very fierce animal, a male lion in his full strength may weigh up to 500 pounds, built with muscle strength to kill. He is undoubtedly the king of the jungle for agility, for speed, not as fast as some perhaps, but nevertheless a fearful, fearless predator. Now, Satan attempts to use all his might to control and rule this world. A lion, as you can say, is always hungry. The amount of meat that a lion can consume in a day would probably bankrupt your grocery budget in a few hours. You wouldn't be able to supply the amount of meat that this beast will devour. And this picture of the lion shows you that he's insatiable. He's never satisfied. And for thousands of years now, this enemy has been doing his evil work against Christ, his church, and in the world seeking to wreak havoc. And he's never done. He's always busy going about as a roaring lion. Now, we're told in the book of Job that the devil went up and down the earth. He's never at rest, always seeking an opportunity to take advantage of his people. Now, a lion never hunts alone. Uh, they always hunt in packs for the most part. And a pride of lions could be up to 40. And of course, when they target a particular prey, whether it's a deer or an antelope, a buffalo is actually one of their favorites because there's enough meat on a 1,500-pound buffalo to feed the whole pack for a day. And when they zoom in on a particular prey, the whole pack will hunt together. Satan is the arch enemy. He masterminds the downfall of Christians, churches, wherever he sees the image of Christ in the earth, and he calls in all his resources. Another thing about a lion is he's absolutely cruel. The word devour is given right here, seeking whom he may devour, and that would be just gulp down. There is no mercy shown. If you get into the jaws of a lion, you're finished. Those mighty incisor teeth will shred you apart. 
or you'll be in his stomach before you know it. He's merciless. And that's a very accurate picture of the devil because he shows no mercy. There is no one that he says, well, he's just a nice person. I'm going to leave them alone. There is no toying with the devil. There is no negotiating with the devil. He is a fierce, vicious, insatiable hunter that will destroy you at his first opportunity. And when he came to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he knew the misery that he would bring into the world. He knew what sin would do. And mercilessly, viciously, he set about to destroy the human race. In John 8:44, the Lord Jesus referred to the devil or the Pharisees, your father, the devil, is a murderer. The spirit of murder he had put into the hearts of those Pharisees, religious zealots, and how accurate a prediction that was because they cried out, crucify him. They murdered the Son of God. They killed him. And you could truly say that it was a devil-inspired plot to destroy the Son of God. Satan can make men obey him. Let's look at the Scripture on this, because again, what we know about the devil must come from the Word of God. This is the unseen world, and it is not safe to speculate the devil's workings. But here the Bible clearly teaches us, Ephesians 2, verse 2, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, rebellious hearts, the madness of men against God. Is that provoking, inspiring, insinuating work of Satan himself? In Ephesians 6, the passage of the Christian armor, we are warned against the wiles of the devil. In 2 Timothy 2.26, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. You wonder why it's so hard to get people under the sound of the gospel? You wonder why when you mention the name of Jesus that people get so upset? Why when you tell them that they need to be saved by the blood of Christ, and they need the cross of Christ in their lives, that that is such a contrary message to human nature? It's because men are programmed to hate the cross. Little children who hardly know anything, programmed to hate the cross. The cross is an offense because it is the very instrument that destroys the devil himself. He's described, of course, as a destroyer of souls. His name is Abaddon, destroyer. Another word is Paneros, the destroyer of souls. Jesus was the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. But Satan is the wolf who goes about to destroy the sheep, not to give them life. In 1, Peter, 1 John 3.12, it says, Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one. 
And the word there is poniros, the wicked one, and slew his brother. Now, you know the story of Cain and Abel and of how Cain hated his brother and went out into the field and slew him. And 1 John 3 tells us that he was of the wicked one. He was moved by the devil to destroy Abel. And of course, if the devil could destroy Abel, he would destroy the seed of Christ. But God raised up another in Abel's place, and that was not Cain, but Seth. And the devil's plan was thwarted. And Cain, though he was devil-inspired, did not succeed in destroying the seed of Christ. You can see the nature of the devil here. And you and I are warned, be sober, be vigilant. We are not playing with a nice person. He's the adversary that goeth about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, there's a third reason to watch, and I'm going to leave this with you tonight, and that is because you are the target of the devil. What did Peter say here in 1 Peter 5, 8? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, your adversary, and he's writing to these Christians that are going through times of persecution and trouble, and he says to them, your adversary. And every Christian has to waken up to the fact the devil is against me, and I am in the sights of this wicked one, that he might destroy me. He goeth about seeking whom he may devour. And there are times that he picks off Christians one at a time your adversary. Martin Luther was once out hunting, hunting with dogs, and I'm not sure what other weapons they had to hunt rabbits and hares out in the woods. And uh, Martin Luther was by no, mean, no means a hunter. He was no means a woodsman. He was a man of learning, a man of study, but he went along for the exercise and uh, got involved in this activity of hunting. And uh, right away, he just felt uh, that this is, this is just a, a picture of the devil at work. And these poor, innocent little rabbits and hares that were being raised by the dogs, they hadn't a chance. And they were uh, slaughtered right there. One of them was caught in a net, and he chose to protect it. And he took that little uh, leveret, it was called, some form of hare or rabbit, and uh, was taken into his cloak. And there he protected that little rabbit. But the hunting dogs, they were onto the scent. And it wasn't long till they were gathering around him, and they were chomping at the opportunity to kill this little rabbit right inside the sleeve of his cloak. And he said, if ever this was a picture of the devil's work, that Satan doesn't even leave the rescued one alone. And even though you have been rescued by the mighty grace of God, saved from sin and hell, it does not mean the devil is going to leave you alone. He's your enemy till the day he is destroyed will never be safe 
as we learned about David being opposed when Satan stood up. He did the same with Job when he saw he was a perfect man, upright, eschewing evil. And he challenged God, let me at him. Let me at him. And God gave Satan everything about Job except his life. Satan opposed him. And of course, it was only the hedge of God's protection that kept him safe. That's true for us. There was Peter on that night when Satan would sift him. But the Lord Jesus was praying for him. This is our comfort tonight. This is our consolation. This is our hope that we have a mighty praying Savior, the one who conquered Satan at the cross, spoiled him, delivered the the devil of all those souls for whom Christ died. But Satan can be at work in a Christian's life. And then I read about Paul the apostle. He talked about a messenger of Satan to buffet him. Now, you know that Paul prayed about this three times, that God would take away this annoyance, whether it was medical, bodily affliction, something that he recognized as a hindrance in his life. And three times Paul prayed, Lord, take away this. this he called it this messenger of Satan. But God says, I'm not going to take it away. I'm going to give you the grace. Now, that's what we need to seek tonight. As we be sober, be vigilant, we need to seek the grace. How did we learn here in this passage to get the grace, to get the tap turned on of God's grace? We were told in verse 6 to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And when we place ourselves under the hand of God, we're in his protection. There is no safer place for the Christian than to be humbly under the Lord's control. When we step out of that, when we resist the Lord in our own pride, then we become prey for the wicked one. And we need to plead all of God's protection. I'll close with a wonderful verse that has always been a great joy to my own soul. 1 Peter 1.5, who are kept by the power of God. And I rejoice tonight that when the Lord protects his people, Satan cannot bring us down. We are kept. Garrisoned is the word. We are continually protected by the Lord, kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed. And we rejoice that there's going to be no Satan in heaven. There's going to be a day of great hallelujahs when the church will rise up and this persecutor this enemy of our souls will be no more and we will be delivered out of this spiritual struggle. Now tonight you're in the battle. Your feet are on the earth. You are living in the territory that the devil lays claim to. And when you witness for Christ, Satan will oppose you. He will oppose every witness of the Son of God until that wicked one is destroyed. And so watch. Be on guard. And then verse 9, we're told to resist. 
We'll deal with that at a future date. Resist the devil. This is a battle that you're to engage in. You're not to be an armchair Christian and say, Lord, protect me. There's a way that we're to resist remaining steadfast in the faith. We are commanded to do this, that we may be delivered from the wicked one. Well, I just thought that that was a very appropriate hymn after speaking about the devil to say, How great thou art. And it's a wonderful thing as a Christian to know that God is greater than the devil, that God protects us from Satan. He puts a hedge about us, as he did around Job. Uh, but we need to trust the Lord and lean upon him and not stray into the territory of the wicked one that he may ensnare us. Now, I hope that you uh, picked up that uh, the devil is likened as a lion. The lion is the, the king of the jungle, and his mighty roar causes many to tremble. But uh, the spirit of fear is not something that should be in the believer. We have this hope and assurance that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Uh, and what a great title our Lord Jesus is given. He is the king. The, the, the devil is aspiring to be king, but he's not. And the Lord Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Now, there's reason for every Christian to be on the watch because we are individually targets of the devil. And especially when we're in times of persecution and trouble, when we are worn and weary, when we are cast down by the afflictions of life, Satan comes as if it's a wounded prey that he is seeking to ravage. And so when you are in trouble and trial, uh, there is all the more reason to be on guard against the enemy who comes from behind. In Israel, those who got behind in the pilgrim journey, the enemy came and slew them from behind. The Satan, when you are slacking, when you are limping, will come along to attack you, and you need to be completely on guard. But I rejoice that there is no Satan in heaven, Hallelujah, he'll never be there, and he's cast out forever. And on that great day when Christ returns, when all the tables are overturned, Satan will be cast out into the lake of fire for all eternity, and you and I will be free from Satan's temptations and threats. Praise God for the victory of the gospel, and I trust you will ever walk in that victory. So stay tuned for the final announcements now as we come to the end of our program. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.l.com tbs.ca 
CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music